0: everyone and welcome to another episode of the Shia Sobugi podcast. In this episode, we are going to speak on communication skills, how to effectively communicate in any and every situation. And for those of you guys who have social anxiety, I'm going to tell you ways to kind of mend this coming from someone who did used to struggle very badly with social anxiety. But yeah, this is the first episode of season two. I'm super excited. Um, Each season is going to have 10 episodes. And side note, I noticed that on Spotify, I've been getting a lot of reviews on the podcast, five stars. So thank you so much for leaving reviews. I've been looking on Apple Podcasts. I don't know why, because the majority of the listeners are on spotify but thank you so much for all of the positive reviews and i really appreciate it but without further ado let's get into the episode you know we have to do a story time obviously but yeah my communication skills were just like trash five years ago it was terrible i did not know how to converse with others i portrayed myself in a very meek and quiet manner And it happened really like during puberty age, I would say like 12, 13, 14-ish. Because during elementary school, I was like, I had no fears. Like I I was reckless. Like I did not, you know, because when you have social anxiety, you're essentially just scared of like everyone. But when I was in elementary school, I did not care about anyone. Like it was all about me. Um, (laughs) Like I did not have any care in the world. And then by middle school, I would say like 7th or 8th grade, that's when like my social anxiety just appeared out of nowhere. And I was like, yo, I am like so scared of other people. I'm so scared about what other people think. I overthink everything. I think that everyone is judging me. Like these are the thoughts that I would have in my head. And this kind of went on until I reached around 17, 18. And I'm like, yo, like I... I need to get rid of this because this is like ruining my life. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, because of my social anxiety, it was really difficult for me to like establish friendships. First of all, when I would converse with others, I would never ask like questions to that other people, person. I never knew how to, what's the word? Open-ended questions. I don't, I can't think right now, but. I never knew how to like converse with others. It was always one sided when people would try to talk to me. But little did they know, I just struggled with anxiety. But um, to them, they probably thought that I was like a weirdo. So (laughs) yeah. And then like just like a situation, I always think about this. But back in high school, I told you guys this in another episode. I did summer programs. So basically there were high school students. We were like 15, 16 years old and we were living in, in New York City. We were essentially just acting as if we'd go to the school. We were taking high school summer classes. We were um, living in the dorms for two weeks. So it was kind of like college life at IAM's college to see if I wanted to go there in the future. Because of my social anxiety, I didn't know how to make friends. And I remember that's something that they told us like during quote unquote orientation. They were like, you guys have to have a buddy because you're going to be traveling on the subway station. Um, The campus is in a completely different location than the dorms, so you wanna have someone that, you know, you can be with at all times um, during these next few weeks. And because I had social anxiety, I wasn't able to meet friends. So I remember one day after I was done like with my two classes, I went downstairs to like the main area and everyone was like conversing with everyone. And I did not know like a single person. And I remember that everyone was like gradually going out of the campus to go back to the dorms. And I just didn't go with anyone because I didn't know anyone. So like obviously me today, I would have probably just like talked to someone like, hey, like you wanna go back to the dorms together. I'm not really savvy when it comes to taking the subway station. Like that's what me, as someone who's grown up would have done. But me at 15, I was like, oh my God, I don't know anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone because they think that I'm a weirdo. Like, <laughs> like, those are the thoughts that you have in your head when you have social anxiety. Like, it's just, it's so, so stupid. But yeah, um, it was a mess because it was like five o'clock. I would say that the summer classes ended at like three, but I was in like the lobby just by myself because everyone already went back to the dorms. I had no one to go with. I remember I called my mom, I was like crying. I'm like, mom, like everyone, everyone has friends. Everyone went back to the dorms with their friends. I don't know how to get back to the dorms. Like it was a mess. And, (laughs) but um, she was like, just go and ask someone. It's so funny because people who don't have social anxiety and that's like my mom, like she's the most, she doesn't know anxiety, like anxiety, she doesn't know her, you know? So she's one of those type of people. So, you know, like when you have like a daughter who has social anxiety and a mom who doesn't, she's kind of like, what is wrong with you? Like, it's not that deep. But like, that's like the situations that I've just been through. Like I remember freshman year of college orientation, you know, like because I just didn't know how to talk to people. I remember during orientation, I was just like by myself. Like, and it, it was like so weird because I would intentionally just be by myself. I see a group of people sitting down on the lunch table. Um, Instead of sitting with them, I'm going to go to the table with no one there and just sit by myself. Like stuff like that. It was just so weird. I don't know what I thought. I think I thought that I don't want to sit with them because I don't want to invade their space. I don't want to be too much. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I did the things that I did when I was younger. Like, it was just a lot. Like, I just did not have a lot of confidence. I was just kind of blocking myself away from making those potential friendships because I was just so scared of what they'll think of me. And, you know, social anxiety, it can really just mess with your head. And I think that freshman year of college, it was like a very, I mentioned this before, but it was a very transformative year for me. But that's when I was like, yo, like I need to get rid of this social anxiety because it's not doing me any favors. It's just making me scared and nervous all the time. You know, there's people who are getting opportunities that I can't get because I'm just letting this anxiety take over my life. So I'm like, there needs to be a change. And I think that when I was 18, 19, that's when I really sat with myself and I'm like, okay, like how can I perfect my communication skills? How can I perfect my social skills? How can I not present myself like a weirdo in front of others? How can I get rid of this anxiety that's causing me to to not progress? Something that like really kind of forced me to work on my social anxiety and to better my communication skills was just overall living in New York City. I grew up in a very suburban, area um where you see the same people where you know the same people everyone from the most part they're very kind and very nice so to go from that to moving to the city um where everyone is a bit more rough everyone is a bit more cutthroat everyone is kind of you know it's a doggy dog world is it doggy dog or dog eats no it's a doggy dog because that snoop dog song doggy dog okay besides the point everyone is kind of in it for themselves. So that's when I was like, okay, like I need to adjust. Like that old personality where I was afraid of everyone, where I couldn't speak to people that I had at my hometown. I need to kind of adjust to this new city that I'm living in and act accordingly. And that's just exactly what I did. Like, because you know, people people in general, not just in New York, they'd be talking to you like any type of way. And just living in the real world by myself, I'm like, yo, I'm not going to let you talk to me like that. I remember the first time I stuck up for myself. It was during my freshman year. And I had this professor and there's like no beef with her. Like she was like actually like really nice. But I think that when she first started teaching this said course, she was just acting like a jerk. Like I'm like, I don't know. Like I didn't like the way she talked to me because there was an assignment that we were doing. I just didn't. Understand the assignment. And she just said something like crazy, like, why don't you understand it? It's really self explanatory. And I'm like, I don't understand it. As my professor, you should be telling me how to complete this assignment because clearly I don't get it. And like, that was like the first time ever that I defended myself. And I saw like her whole facial expression changed because she was like, oh wait, like you're capable of defending yourself. You think that you're worthy of me talking to you in a way that seemed acceptable. And from, but from that point forward, she started talking to me like much kinder and much nicer just because I took the chance to defend myself and tell her, hey, I don't like the way you're talking to me. You need to adjust it, you know? And that's when I realized, like, wow, like defending yourself and speaking up, it has so much power because people, I say this all the time, but like people do not know how to treat you initially. You have to let them know how to treat you by speaking up and telling them, hey, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Act accordingly. Okay. Like, I don't like that. And from that point on, I just started just defending myself and speaking up. It was very difficult because I do not like confrontation. I don't know if that's like a Libra trait, but I just, I hate confrontation. I don't like it. Um, I'm not the type of person to go back and forth with someone, uh, you know, like if someone tries to argue with me, there might as well just be arguing with like a brick wall because I'm not going to entertain. But sometimes confrontation is needed when it comes to sticking up for yourself, um, because you know you can't let people talk to you and treat you any type of way i think that my freshman year just living in a cutthroat city and living in new york and kind of developing my own independence as an 18 19 year old that's kind of how my social anxiety just kind of vanished into thin air and i gradually learned to speak up i gradually learned to gain that confidence that i needed and i just started progressing from there. So it was most definitely my environment. Like I had to force myself to do things that I wasn't comfortable with, solely due to the fact that I was living on my own. When you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation such as that, and when you start experiencing the world and how it's not necessarily a nice place, you start to toughen up and you're like, okay, like I need to act accordingly. So that's how I kind of initially started the whole process when it came to just working on my communication skills and slowly yet sorely getting rid of my social anxiety. And just like throughout the process of trying to eliminate my social anxiety, I kind of started developing less of The need to value other people's opinions and I just started saying like I don't really care about other people and what they think and it's not In like a rude way, but it's like Me caring about what this person thinks of me and what this person might think of me It's like ruining my life And um, yeah, this needs to end because the opinions of others does not define me and Ever since I started to have that mindset, that's when I just started to live life according to what I want and what I think. And I think that's really important when it comes to social anxiety. Like you really can't care about other people. I don't know, I just, I don't, not, I don't care, but I don't, I like, I don't put people on a pedestal anymore. I used to, I really did. I used to put people on a pedestal, but I don't because it's like, who are you? like? Why, why should I care about what your opinion about me is when I know myself and I know who I am and I know that I'm a cool person. So why should I care if you might not like me? You know, I, I just, I don't care. And I do think that when I had social anxiety, I was putting such a high emphasis on other people's opinions on what they might think of me. But when I stopped doing that, I just noticed like a shift and I'm like, wait, I don't really care about other people. Like I really only care about myself. I don't really care about the opinions of other people. I don't care about the feelings of other people. I just care about myself. And I did that not in a rude way. Like it wasn't like narcissistic or anything, but I just stopped like overthinking i stopped really just caring about what other people think the way that i do things because a lot of people ask me like how do you stop how did you stop um caring about what other people think i go through like anything that i do it's just like a flick like once i start to tell myself like i don't care about what other people think it just starts to happen i didn't like do some exercise or anything of that nature like once i started to tell myself like yo opinions of others it doesn't matter the only person's opinions that matters is myself. I just woke up that day and I just stopped thinking about what other people think. And then from that day forward, I've never thought about the opinions of others or cared about the opinions of others. So like that's how I go through like self-development. Like it doesn't happen gradually, it happens almost immediately. If I tell myself that I'm going to stop doing something, it just happens. Um, so when I told myself again, I'm going to stop caring about people, it just happens. I just stopped caring about people. I stopped overthinking conversations. I stopped thinking, oh, does she like me? Does she not like me? Does she like my outfit? Does he like, like I stopped, I stopped that. And I, from that day forward, I've never had those thoughts again. And that helped like tremendously with my social anxiety because social anxiety, it's really just overthinking for what? for nothing. So when you get rid of that overthinking aspect, you basically don't have any anxiety, you know, because that's what anxiety is. It's just your mind telling you lies essentially of things that it wants you to worry about. Um, And once you get to the root of that and you realize that, whoa, like I'm bugging, like this is dumb, then that's how you will live a better life. You know, who cares about other people? Like how what weight do they hold to have such an influence and an impact over you? People do not hold weight, all right? They don't have any power. They don't have any, they're not valid enough to give judgment. So once you realize that, once you realize that the only person's opinions that matters is yourself, then you will live life more accordingly and you'll start to flourish. So who cares about other people, okay? Your only priority is yourself. And that's just, that's like the main focus of this episode. Like, just stop caring about other people. So let's talk about like the nitty gritty of communication skills. Let's talk about how to be an A1 communicator in any and every situation. Let's talk about body language. Let's talk about social skills. Let's just talk about it. The first thing that I would recommend is to really like, Analyze your current communication skills and what you need to work on Me personally, I used to have a problem when it came to stuttering. I had a really bad stuttering problem Like I was just talking just to talk and it caused me to jumble over my words and it caused me to stutter so That's something that I wanted to work on and I also wanted to work on the volume of my voice because I used to speak in a very low voice and it was super annoying because every time I spoke people would say what like what did you say you're talking so low and I hated that so I'm like okay I need to work on this. So it's really important to just figure out like what are some of your flaws when it comes to your communication skills and why do you think you need to fix this? Whether this includes stuttering, whether this includes talking low, whether this includes not really enunciating your words, whether this includes not knowing what to say, maybe you have. I hate using the word brain dead. But like you lose your track of thought easily while in conversation. Like just like try to figure out what are some things that you want to change when it comes to your communication style and what do you want to perfect? Because when I did this and when I like really sat with myself and tried to figure out, okay, like what are things that I need to work on to really become like an A1 communicator? I started to make like a conscious effort moving forward to stop that bad habit like for example stuttering was something that really stemmed from like my social anxiety i think that i just spoke way too fast because i just wanted to get a word in without really thinking and once i realized that i started to really slow down and i started to really stop and think before being quick to answer. So that's what I did when it came to my stuttering problem. And I'm like, the more that I did that, the more that I kind of perfected that. And I would say it took me quite some time to perfect my communication skills. Like it didn't happen overnight. I think that this is something that you have to actively practice like on a daily basis. So if you find yourself just losing track of thought very easily, maybe you have to Force yourself to engage in more um, intellectual conversations just to get your mind going and just to kind of force yourself to focus on one particular topic at a time. So figuring out what needs to be fixed when it comes to your communication skills is super important important. Another thing is body language. I never really understood the importance of body language until I read a book that spoke on body language back in 2020, The Art of Body Language by Tanya. I forgot her last name. I'll link the book in the description. But body language is super important because you can be the most confident in the room, quote unquote, and you can have like Perfect communication skills, but if your body language is trash and you don't know how to hold eye contact and you slouch and you just look very insecure, people are going to kind of bypass you because you're just not projecting a confident individual. So, body language, I, my body language didn't used to be the best. Like, when it comes to posture, I've always kind of, that's like a flex. I've always had good posture because of my dancing days. But, like, I had a very bad problem with just fidgeting. I used to cross my arms over my chest all the time. I used to not hold eye contact. I used to fidget with my hands. I used to play with my hair. And those are just all, like, tell signs that you're very insecure. So there's something else to think of like what are some things that you do when it comes to your body language that doesn't really project like a confident individual i will say i do like to look at examples of interviews i stopped doing this like years ago but i would say like back in 2019 to 2020 ish i used to love watching interviews of women who i found to be very confident and I'm not trying to emulate them, but I can use that interview as inspiration for how I want my body language to look like moving forward. These women, they always set up straight. They always held eye contact. They never averted their gaze to something else as someone was speaking. They usually had their hands to the side of them. Um, They spoke with intention. So like just using that examples of body language, I started to just suggest that to the way that I present myself on a day-to-day basis as well. So I stopped, you know, crossing my arms over my chest because that just, I mean, it's not like a bad thing. I've seen people cross their arms over their chest and they look very confident, but it's like, just put your arms to the side. It's, it's okay. (laughs) Like that looks more appropriate and more proper. Look people in the eye. Don't be creepy. Like, because it's like, Sometimes when you look people in the eye and when you give eye contact, it can come across as very like creepy. Like you don't want to be too weird, but you want to have like a soft glance. Like you want to, you know, nod your head as someone is speaking. Like let's say that someone is giving you advice or is giving you like instruction on how to do something. You don't want to just stare at them, like blink, stare, not showing any movement in your body. Like, no, because that's weird. And they're just gonna be like, what's wrong with her? You wanna nod your head. You want to say something in the midst of them telling you instruction, like, okay, got it. Okay, cool. And you just, you want to maintain eye contact because if someone's speaking with you and especially if they're like maintaining that eye contact with you as well, you don't wanna avert your gaze to like the wall. Like that just looks weird. So really practice on eye contact and like maybe look at yourself in the mirror and just see like how your eye contact is because you don't want it to be creepy because I've I've talked to people who had like very like intense eye contact and it made me uncomfortable. So just just work on that. And then um, posture is also very important. You never want to slouch. That's just confidence, body language advice one on one. Actively work on like just straightening up your back. Because sometimes when you're slouching, you just present yourself as someone who's insecure. Like, I don't know, don't slouch, like just, you know, sit up, you know, (laughs) like maybe do like stretches or bar classes or something, some sort of physical activity that causes you to um, work on your posture on a daily basis. Another thing to remember when it comes to perfecting your communication skills is just like reading social cues I think I do a good job when it comes to reading energy and you never want to be in like a conversation with someone who is clearly showing you that they're uncomfortable or showing you that they're not really in the mood to speak but you're like keep engaging in this conversation with someone who clearly doesn't want to be in it so really improving your social cues and just being able to like read energy is very much so important and when it comes to bettering your social cues like i really just think it can it has to deal with like communication and just reading body language humans are not hard to figure out like you can tell if someone's angry you can tell if someone's sad you can tell if someone's anxious and just kind of getting a feel on people's body language um, and even just like communicating like are you okay like is everything all right like that's someone who is socially aware and is something who is very good when it comes to picking up on social cues. So those are like the three steps of trying to be a better communicator. You need to one, try to figure out the things that, needs to, that you need to better work on when it comes to your communication skills to perfect your body language. And number three, you need to pick up on social cues. So now in this last section, we're going to speak on how to communicate effectively in any and every situation. So whether this includes on an interview, or maybe you want to better network with others at networking events, or let's say you have a problem with expressing your thoughts and your feelings and you just want to better perfect this, Let's talk about some tips that I personally like to utilize that helps me with better communicating myself with others. So let's talk about it. Step number one is to always be pleasant and approachable. I feel like when I had social anxiety, I just kind of, I portrayed myself in a way that was a little bit standoffish. And obviously this wasn't like, Intentional, but I did realize that because I was very quiet and I was very to myself and reserved That did not resonate well with people So I had to make a conscious effort to just like make myself like an approachable Pleasant, happy person Um, I did this by greeting others, you know, I think that I'm usually the type of person who likes people to greet me first but i started greeting other people first and that kind of put me in like an uncomfortable situation because i had to force myself to you know make this very smooth and to say hi to others i make a conscious effort to smile all the time because someone told me this but i sometimes you can like if i'm i'm if i'm annoyed in a situation you can tell that i'm annoyed just because of my facial expressions and um I just, I think it's best to always just look like you're good, even though you're not. So I do just kind of always tell myself to just put a smile on my face because if I don't, then I can have a resting, you know what face. So that's something else that I like to do. And yeah, when you're pleasant and when you're kind and when you're not standoffish, that makes you a lot more approachable. It's just kind of common decency to be an approachable person. So that's like the first tip that I have when it comes to perfecting your communication skills, work on being more approachable. So number two is to learn how to converse. I think that a lot of people kind of suck when it comes to conversing, and I kind of learned that this year. You know, don't be dry, okay? Like, ask follow-up questions with people. If someone were to ask you, you know, like, what what college, what university did you graduate from? I graduated from Georgetown. Yeah, the person can kind of follow up with you regarding your major or how your experience was at Georgetown, But like you could also kind of engage in the conversation and say, oh, I graduated from Georgetown. I majored in this field of study. I played volleyball. Like, you know, you see what I'm saying. Like you're just kind of adding on to the question that that said person asked. So it's important to just always engage in conversation. And like even if someone were to ask a question, like don't just answer the question with yes or no. Ask a follow-up question like, hey say someone says you know like where are you from oh i'm from new york where are you from oh i'm from new jersey oh how did you like living in new jersey oh i loved new jersey this that and third like i learned throughout these past couple of years follow-up questions they're super important because it's just awkward to just answer a question with you know a simple answer and then it's like okay like it doesn't seem like you're really indulged in the conversation so of course that other person is going to kind of just conclude it. So yeah, always engage, always ask follow up questions, avoid open ended questions and really finesse this part of conversing. And just a pro tip when it comes to learning to converse, if you're the type of person who you're trying to cultivate new relationships and new friendships with others, um, always can know that when you're concluding a conversation you know suggest hey like um let's follow each other on instagram or let's follow each other on linkedin because it doesn't make sense to just like talk to someone for 10 20 minutes and then after the conversation has ended you know you don't have a connection because you didn't take that initiative to exchange social media handlers or exchange phone numbers with one another so sometimes you have to make that first move to kind of extend relationship. Tip number three is when you're speaking on your wants and needs, never end your statement with a question because that makes you sound unsure. You have to be firm and you have to be clear. So let's say that you're working at your job and you're just feeling very overwhelmed and you have just a variety of different projects that you have to finish for a particular deadline and you just have no idea how you're going to finish it and The end all with all of this going on is that you need to have less task on your plate in order to stay sane. So you have a one-on-one with your manager. How do you confront this situation? You say, Hey, I've been feeling very overwhelmed. I feel that I'm getting a lot of projects in and it's really affecting my mental health. I am not able to prioritize all of these tasks at once period. Okay. Like you don't ask the person who you're expressing your wants and needs to oh like is there a solution what can be done no you just express your wants express your needs express the problem and then they kind of have you know the ball is in their court to figure out how to assure that your problem's going to get resolved and i had, i used to have a problem with this because i when it came to expressing my wants and needs i would always sound very unsure And when you sound unsure, when you're being in this said assertive situation, when you're expressing yourself and you're defending yourself, you have to be firm, and you have to have the type of mindset where you're like, "Here is my problem. You need to have a solution to this said problem." You know, like it's not you can't be too nice when it comes to that so again never end your statement with a question be clear be concise be firm when it comes to expressing your wants and needs so step number four in perfecting your communication skills is to always make others feel valued i think that i do a really good job when it comes to doing this Um, every new person that i meet they just end up telling me their life story within the span of like just a couple of minutes i like to make people feel relaxed. I like to make them feel heard and I like to make them feel valued. The more that I talk to people, the more that I realize that people just kind of like to talk about themselves, which is perfectly fine. But as someone who's kind of a bit more reserved when it comes to speaking about my personal life, I just kind of let them babble. So and another thing is I do like to make other people feel valued. I like to give them eye contact, of course, which was mentioned in the body language section. I like to, you know, repeat their name in the midst of conversation, just to let them know that I'm hearing what they're saying. And I like to ask follow up questions and just, you know, I want it to be clear that I want to hear more of what they're telling me. So when it comes to communicating with others, just making them feel valued, making them feel heard, it really lets them have like a great deal of respect towards you. And that's just the whole, that's what communication skills is all about. It's just making other people feel comfortable, heard, and valued. Another tip is to communicate your concerns like immediately. I think that a lot of people kind of suck when it comes to this, but like, let's take it back to the work example. Let's say that on your job, you've been just given a variety of different tasks. And you're feeling overwhelmed, and it's affecting your mental health, and it's just terrible. I feel that once you start to feel that feeling of being overwhelmed and being anxious, that's when you need to express your concerns. You know, like I think a lot of people kind of wait a long time to express um, their feelings of unsureness. And the more that you wait, the more that it'll kind of be looked at sideways. If you were to express a concern, like six months down the line, you need to express the concerns immediately. And that's what the end all goal is when it comes to having good communication skills is to be able to express yourself and to be able to freely express yourself so that there won't be problems down the line. So communicating your concerns immediately when it happens, seeking solutions immediately, that's super important when it comes to communicating with others. Okay, so let's get into the ask questions. Question number one, do you have any advice on making new friends? I'm in freshman year of college and it's harder than I thought meeting new people. I've tried to do study groups with other people in my class, but they don't reach back out. I've even tried just asking if everyone wants to be friends on this big group chat we have, but it hasn't gone past texting for a week and just saying hi when I see them in class. I have friends and other people I'm close with. I just want to meet new people. Many of my family and friends have said that I'm unapproachable or intimidating. I don't really see how, though. I literally just mind my business and keep it pushing, but I can tell sometimes when people try to approach me, choose not to. I don't really speak unless spoken to, and I've been trying to get out of that. It's still the first semester and I know that there's still a long time to go, but how do I make it easier and make myself more approachable? I don't really understand the ideology of being unapproachable. I think that in order for people to see how much of a cool person you are, they have to get to know you and get to talk to you more. I think that people automatically thinking you're standoffish or thinking you're all that or thinking you're unapproachable. I don't really understand that way of thinking. Like someone people are going to look unapproachable when you first meet them, but it really takes getting to know that said person before giving them the title of being unapproachable. So I don't I don't know. But um yeah, I had the same problem in college, specifically my freshman year. And even just like going through the motions of trying to make friends, I've noticed that a lot of people are very unresponsive and very flaky and they do not know how to communicate like you brought up in this ask question. Something that I would suggest you to do is to take it a step further than just asking someone what their number is or saying hi to someone and like actually invite them out. Because a lot of people, they just suck at texting. I know that you can't quote unquote suck at texting because everyone is on their phones 24 seven, but you have to make that move to kind of grow a potential friendship, like ask them, Hey, there's a concert on Friday. Do you want to go with me? Or, Hey, there's, um, a pep rally at school, do you want to go with me? Or hey, there's a book club at this time in the library. Do you want to go with me? Like you have to invite them out and see if they say, yeah, sure, because a lot of people, honestly, they're just very shy. So if you make that first move to kind of invite someone out who you think could be a potential friend and um, go from there, I think that you would find more success when it comes to building friendships. And another thing is to like, find friends outside of your school one thing that i was doing back in my freshman year i did everything when it came to trying to make friends at my college like i attended clubs there was a club that was like designated to black students at my school and i remember i went to like each meeting but i just wasn't i wasn't in the click that they had Like i tried to be in the click that they, forms, but I just wasn't able to, I don't know. I wasn't be, I wasn't able to be a part of their clique. And my school was very much so like a cliquey school. So everyone was a part of like a clique and a group. And if you weren't a part of it, then, well, you know, like they're not going to invite you in. So that's what made friends making very difficult. And then when I started like trying to make friends outside of my school, that's when I found the most success so your potential friend or your potential bestie they might not attend your school you know like maybe um i know that for my instance there would be events in the city and people who attended different colleges in new york city they would go to these events so it wasn't just the college that i went to it was a variety of different students from different colleges who went to these events And that's how I kind of like made friends and mingled with people who went to NYU or people who went to FIT or people who went to Parsons. So try making friends outside of the friends who go to your school, cause those friends who go to your school, maybe they're not for you. So just seek friendships elsewhere. Question number two, I really pray that you answer this, okay? I'm a former new grad. It's been a year since I've been at my full-time job. There's this intern who is newer and she's been getting praised like crazy for her work and everyone talks about how they love her. She gives an adorable vibe and I'm the black girl and no one really acknowledges me the same way. I do my work and I know that should be enough, but I can't help but feel jealous and like I'm not good enough. I feel that trying to be everyone's favorite and trying to be well-liked in work environments and just in any situation, it doesn't even have to be work related, you're going to like quite literally kill yourself to try to be liked by others. I work to work. I don't work to get praised. I don't, I mean, well, yeah, but but like not in that extent. Like I don't work to be good enough for said person. I work, I try to do my best, You know, I don't overextend doing my best, but I do, you know, okay, put in work. I don't stress myself out and, you know, I leave. And I think that that's the mindset that you need to have. Like, why are you feeling jealous? Because this intern is getting praise. You need to reevaluate, take a step back and say, okay, I'm here. I'm working. I'm doing work that I feel that is good enough. And I'm validating myself. I don't need anyone else to validate me. Um, yeah, you just, you just need to get out of that. Like, who cares if she's getting praise? Like, you're, you're good. If you feel that you do good work and you do good work, you don't need anyone else to tell you that you do good work and to praise you. So, um, just chill out. Like, it's nothing to freak out about and feel that you're not good enough about. Do good work and, um, look at a job as a job that just gives you a paycheck. Question number three, what do you think about the lack of positive representation of black women in media? I feel the only way a black actress or musician makes it, they have to go against their wear. whereas in the 70s or 90s, their beauty is their biggest asset. Zendaya is the current it girl for black women, but for me personally, as a dark-skinned woman in her 20s, she isn't a representation for me the way Kerry Washington was in Scandal or Viola Davis in How to Get Away with Murder. She just seems to fit the diversity quota that proves Hollywood isn't racist, but also disallows any other Black actress to have their moment because she's the acceptable standard. In music, specifically rap, Sexy Red is the it girl, but her fame perpetuates such a nasty perception of Black women. In her defense, she never came out to become a role model for Black women, but her music is very popular with women and men, and it's scary that the media wants that to be the international standard for Black women. I miss the it girl of the past, their poise and individuality was a breath of fresh air. The quality is only seen in Black non-Western. That's why, I, I mean, this whole ask question, it's the reason why I don't really look at anyone to be a representation to me. I don't look at Kerry Washington as the Black representation. I don't look at Viola Davis as the Black representation. I don't look at Zendaya as the Black representation. And I certainly don't look at Sexy Red as the Black representation. Um, I don't really care about mainstream celebrities and mainstream media and what people think Black women are acting or should act. I think that that's really silly. I don't think that that's an actual valid information that I should take into consideration. I think I will say when it comes to Sexy Red, I think that each generation had like that vulgar female rapper like during the 90s it was Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown um during the 2000s it was Trina and um I'm missing a couple but like every generation had that um it's just it's just how it is I don't think that she's a representation of black women. I think that black women outside of the internet, they don't even know who sexy red is and they certainly won't look at her to be their representation. (laughs) So I don't, I don't really agree with that. And it's no hate towards her. Like I don't have a problem with her, but like, it's just not, um, it's a different demographic that I'm not really in. Who you mentioned, like, I don't really consider them to be an it girl. I think that Zendaya is gorgeous, but I don't consider her to be an it girl. I don't think that there's any it girls i don't think that anyone really personifies what an it girl is i don't think that anyone personified it since like the 20th century so i don't again idolize celebrities i don't like to think that a celebrity is my said representation because they're not and i live life just not really caring about that stuff and i think that you as Black women should not care about these random celebrities who we know nothing about and looking at them as our representation. What are some songs that you have been into lately? Also would you happen to know some artists who promotes positivity in their music that can help me in my self-transformation journey and my spirituality journey? Yeah. um, What have I been listening to? I've been listening to 444 by Justin Uzuka. I love Justin Uzuka. I think that his music is amazing. He has the voice of an angel and I really like him as an artist. I've been listening to Paul Grant. He is like a lo-fi slash jazz. Um, I listen to a lot of lo-fi music because it just kind of relaxes me, especially when I'm like, driving or just walking. I don't like to listen to music with lyrics. I don't know why, Um, but it just kind of calms me down to listen to instrumentals. But I've been listening to New Levels by Paul Grant and Future by Paul Grant. Oh, speaking of instrumentals, I really love Andre 3000's new album i know that a lot of people are kind of on the fence because they're mad that it's not a rap album but i'm like okay like he's almost 50 like he has to evolve in his music and he's already a legend he's created amazing music in the past so it's time for him to do something different but i really love um the album that he most recently came out with which is new blue sun um Yeah, it's amazing. It's like meditation music. Oh, side note, I saw Victoria in concert and she was literally amazing. Like, I've never been to a concert where I've, like, I couldn't speak after the concert. I lost my voice for like two days. Like, I was hype, okay? Like, I've been to concerts. I've been to like a bunch of concerts this year. It's been to artists that I've liked, but like, I've never been to a concert for an artist who I know every single song that they've come out with. Like every single song that Victoria Monet sung, I knew the lyrics word by word to it. And I just, I could not record it. Like, I'm so sorry. I think I only got like one video, but I'm not recording an artist. Like I'm not gonna spend the duration of the concert holding up my phone to Victoria Monet's concert. Like that's crazy. Um, But yeah, I loved, I loved that concert. I'm gonna see Magic Jordan soon. I'm like super excited because Maji Jordan, they're like another, group that i've been into since 2013 since the good people ep yeah 2013 i think 2013 2014 but like they never tour i don't know like drake is such a weirdo like he never has his artist tour like party next door i i would pay for tickets at a party next door concert like so fast because i love party next door i do like their music his music it's not the most positive like it's kind <laughs> of it's kind of you know it's not like but I, I love his music right like i love oh my god persian rugs um yeah i need to see that i need to see him perform all of my favorite songs that i grew up in my late teen years listening to live Yeah, I'm really excited about the Magic Jordan concert. I don't know how we're getting into the topic of concerts, but um, yeah, those are some of my favorite artists and my favorite genres and my favorite... Songs at the moment. Do you have any shows that touch you emotionally? Either they make you laugh, reflect on life, or inspire you. Need something to watch, but something good? Not really. I really watch like the same shows over and over again. I don't know why. Um, I just I watch it like over and over again. I don't watch I rarely watch any new shows. Like, for example, I think my top three shows is like Girlfriends. I love girlfriends. Um, I love Miss Tony Childs, can we talk about that? Because I was I was rewatching Girlfriend. I rewatched Girlfriends like 70, 80 times. I'm not even kidding. I think I first started like watching cuz growing up my mom, she loved Girlfriends, but like I started watching Girlfriends myself when I was like 18, 19. Cuz I remember I was a freshman in college and I was just bored. So I'm like, okay, let me let me see what Girlfriends is about. But I rewatched it Every time i re-watch girlfriends i never make it past season three because i just find it to be bizarre past season three i'm like this is dumb <laughs> like i love the first three seasons and that is it and some people they don't watch like after tony childs leaves but no it's not that i just find like after season three girlfriends it just started getting weird i think that i read somewhere that the show it had different writers per episode so maybe per not per episode per season so maybe that's why i just couldn't connect with season three of girlfriends like after um the whole storyline of um maya and darnell breaking up and then tony she starts dating what's his name not greg because greg they break up in like season one the white Jewish guy, when they start dating and then she finds out that he's broke and then she still stays with him, like that. I don't know. Season one, Tony Childs would not have dated that guy in season three or four. I can't remember which season it was. I just found Tony's growth and Tony's like end all conclusion to the show to be very unrealistic. I just, I don't like the way they did Tony. I don't care. Like, yeah, she was problematic, but um, I just don't think that she would have married him todd his name was todd <laughs> i was calling him the white jewish guy his name was todd but um yeah i just didn't like it like past season three season one amazing i loved all the storylines. i loved the outfits i loved season one of girlfriends season two amazing loved it season three eh, kind of decent kind of got weird and then season four i'm just like no i can't watch this so every time i re-watch it i never make it past like the end of season three I don't even think I watched season six of Girlfriends. Like I just, it was just whack. Um, And then I love the boondocks. I've always loved the boondocks. I used to always watch the boondocks, like on Adult Swim. Fuey, Freeman, why can't I say that name? Um, I loved Riley, I loved Granddad. I'm so sad that they're not able to do a reboot because obviously, you know, Granddad's no longer here. Um, I love a pimp named Slickback. I love Cristal, like the champagne. (laughs) I loved all of the episodes. I think that um, The Boondocks, it was like, yeah, it was a funny show, but it had a lot of messages and it really showed how bizarre and crazy the world is by making it, you know, comical and funny. But um, yeah, I love The Boondocks. There needs to be more shows that's like The Boondocks. Um, I like Insecure. I did. I liked insecure. I really did. I like Gilmore Girls. Um, yeah, I like it. First started watching Gilmore Girls in 2021. I never watched it before then. Um, but it, I love Gilmore Girls. It just gives me like a cozy vibe. I love watching it during the fall. I don't like Rory. I don't really like anyone on the show, honestly. Um, they did Lane like dirty. Like <laughs> they did her terribly. Oh my god. But I still like to watch it. Like um, Dean trash What was the other guy the other guy you guys that rory was with um what is his name come on the bad boy i loved him loved him definitely like i had like a mini crush on him (laughs) um i like atlanta i did i really liked atlanta um i didn't really like the last season i think i liked the first two seasons and that's really it but i I love atlanta it's hilarious but yeah those are like my favorite top shows um I watch Gossip Girl, like I do. There's times where I just rewatch the seasons, but I wouldn't consider Gossip Girl like a favorite show. Is mine? I'm just being honest. Like it's like, I watch it just for the entertainment, but like I don't like I wouldn't say that Gossip Girl is a favorite show. Like it's not on my top list. Um, You know, like. I don't know everyone in that show is just annoying you're now going to conclude this episode i will be uploading another patreon podcast episode next week um as a courtesy to all of you guys because i don't think i was all of that active last month so you get two podcast episodes and we're going to be speaking on how to plan for 2024 believe it or not, 2024 is upon us. It's in just a few weeks away. So I'm going to tell you guys some ways that I like to plan for the new year and some tips that can hopefully be beneficial to you. So stay tuned and I hope you guys enjoyed. And of course, leave a review and thank you so much for listening.